All right, welcome back to the Doctoring Duo podcast, uh, a podcast where two real medical students uh, break down with a, without sugarcoating and with full honesty uh, the pre-med life and getting into medical school. Uh, my name is Eleni. Um, I'm a first year at Penn State College of Medicine. As a reminder, I speak only for myself and not for my institution. Hey everybody, Noah here. I'm a first year medical student at Mayo Clinic College School of Medicine. And just like Eleni, I only speak for myself and not my institution. Great. Well, today's episode should be nice and speedy for you, uh, but today we're going to be talking about CASPER and situational judgment tests because there seems to be quite a few. And from what I remember from taking the CASPER was that there wasn't a lot of information out about it. When I was looking for the test, it was mostly from like Reddit and a little bit from FDM. Yeah, the test for us was surrounded in a bit of mystique because it seemed like schools were still kind of figuring out what exactly to do with them. So now it's a it's a little bit more clear cut um, and schools, I think, have a better idea of how exactly of what they're doing with the test, at least with Casper. Um, so Eleni and I today, we just wanted to briefly talk about what Casper is. And for us, I'll talk I'll talk a little bit about what it was for us and then maybe Eleni can go into what it was or what it is now. But for us, it was just a purely um, do we even have video responses? I don't think we had video responses. It was just written scenarios. And then we had five yeah. people respond to three questions. I think they were piloting the videos. Like you could opt into it. Some people could opt into it. But for us, it was just 14 scenarios. It was text-based. And you had five minutes to type out your responses to three questions. And that was the entire exam. Yeah, I I think um, I think they introduced like video stuff after us like it was an option but a majority of schools did not utilize it at the time right yeah so I guess we should actually take a step back and actually say what like a situational judgment test is um so basically what a situational judgment test is which is both what Casper and AMC preview exam are is that they present realistic but also hypothetical scenarios and then they ask you how you respond um in casper you actually type this out and then in preview it's like a multiple choice likert exam scale type thing um and it's really kind of meant to a soft just like interviews like assess your soft skills um so i'll let eleni take it off and (laughs) kind of talk about her experience with it um yeah so i i think this is not like the MCAT in the sense that like I feel comfortable sharing how I did on my Casper I know if if you're not comfortable no worries um but I did score fourth quartile on the Casper and I did not do a lot of studying and I think my key like the way I approached Casper was um very like uh methodical because each situation kind of has the same like undercurrent to it and you need to kind of learn how to parse that situation. So I was a resident advisor and um, for like three years in undergrad. And for me, I use a lot of the strategies that I used with conflict resolution when I was an RA. Um, and I know there's like a stars one, I think that they put on, like it's on Reddit, like, oh, use stars. I think that's too complicated. I don't know, know if you use that, um, but I like to use a three prong method. So uh, the first method, the first part of the method is validate. Um, so whatever the person says, even if someone says something totally crazy, uh, you should always validate their concerns. 
So, you know, even if it's something that upsets you potentially, so like if someone's an anti-vaxxer and says, you know, I, I believe in this or that, or actually as a real life example, I had a patient come up to me and say, x-rays make you gain weight, um, which is a little bit of a preposterous claim um, with little scientific backing. But I think she came to me in a moment of concern. And so it's always important to validate whatever this situation is happening. So that may be saying, like, I hear you, I hear your concern. Um, or in the case of like a Casper, like if a friend's going through a difficult scenario or something like that, say, like, I hear you, like, I understand this is what you're going through. So you acknowledge them and you give them the respect. Uh, the second part is um, uh, uh, thank them, uh, thank them and offer support. Um, so even if someone says something that's like concerning to you, uh, like x-rays make you gain weight, you should always thank them um, for sharing that with you. Uh, thank you for sharing that with me. That means a lot that you trusted me to share that, that kind of thing. So you you have two steps that are just built on respect. And the last one is um, come to a mutual solution with a middle ground. Um, so in the case of the patient that came to me saying x-rays make you gain weight, I said, okay, well, I hear you. Thanks for sharing that with me. And I'm sorry that you have that concern, but let's talk about it, right? And maybe we can find a solution in the middle. And so Casper is really looking for your ability to listen. It's asking you to not jump to conclusions like, oh, Colin was absent from like group work, right? And he didn't pull his weight. What do you do, right? The, 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 what they're looking for is that you don't immediately jump to, oh, Colin is lazy and like he's a terrible person. Well, first you sh- what you should do is you should say, you know, validate that there is a concern or, you know, text him to validate there is a concern, you know, thank him for sharing whatever he shares with you after you ask him and go from there because there's always kind of, it's kind of like an onion. There's always another layer of it. And, and I know I've talked a lot. Noah, what are your strategies? No, I think that's all great. I think you gave our listeners a really great approach. Full disclosure, Eleni's probably the better person to listen to here. I got second quartile, second quartile gang, y'all. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I guess I will talk a little bit about my approach and certainly a little bit has grown since back when I was a pre-med and now I have a almost a full year medical school under my belt. Like Eleni was saying, it Casper isn't looking for you to make uh, a rash immediate judgment. I think another, Eleni framed it beautifully, but another way you can look at it is who are the stakeholders in the scenario? Like who's affected by the situation that's happening? And then what are the potential courses of action? What information do I need to determine the best course of action? And then evaluate the effects of those on the stakeholders of the situation. So like stakeholders, what's the key ethical or moral dilemma that's being presented? And then be able to reason your way through it, thinking how does this affect each party? Um, I think that's kind of how I tried to approach it. I think Eleni has a better way of crystallizing that into a nice formulaic approach that you can do on a high, it's not the highest stakes, but you know, you have to be able to type fast in five minutes, five minutes for three questions. So, I mean, having a set key questions to ask yourself for each scenario and go through it step by steps, and then you're not worried about that is probably the best approach. Yeah. And, and I think kind of my strategy is designed for people who are a little bit of a slower typer, because you can type three sentences in five minutes, right? You can type your validating sentence, you can type your supporting sentence, and you can type your solution sentence. And that's a good kind of format to keep yourself on time. 
And I will say the most punishing thing about Casper is time. The more you ride, the better you will do. And I, I hate to, to say it that way, but the more you can kind of explain your logic and reasoning, right? Um, so it might be a good idea to kind of practice your typing a little beforehand. I know that's hard. A lot of people are kind of like ingrained in their in their ways. Um, but a good way to do it is like you can take like typing tests like online. Um, like that's how I practice. Um, I seem to remember doing boot camp as well for practice. I, I to be to be totally honest, I did not study that much because I didn't realize I had to take Casper. So I took Casper pretty late. I took it like late June. Um, yeah, which is pretty late. Um, given that I think I had my primary in. Gosh, when I had my primary in July fourth or something like that. Yeah, I was a little bit later than I should have been, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so that was that was pretty late. Um, but yeah, I think I remember using boot camp as a free resource. I don't know if it's still free anymore. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm trying to, I was going through the resources that I used and to be honest, I don't think this is, since it's testing soft skills, it's by nature, they're trying to eliminate something that you can study for. It's trying, and part of that's why they have the time limit is so they really want like, what's your raw, honest response, like thoughtful but you're wrong honest response um I guess the one thing that I that I do think is helpful is to have a brief understanding of bioethics in general and um one page and I'll link it in the YouTube description once we post this is the University of Washington ethics and medicine page I think is really excellent and they broke down some key ethical scenarios and I think just being familiar with bioethical theory like the four tenets of beneficence nominal Maleficence, autonomy, and um, what's the other one, Eleni? We just learned this in bioethics. And uh, then, it's autonomy, justice, beneficence, yeah, and non-maleficence. Yeah, so being familiar with like those four can also give you another framework to work in. Um, so I think it it's useful. They have I'm looking at the scenarios here. They talk about end of life issues, which I think even came up on my Casper personal beliefs, like Eleni was talking about with anti-vaxxers like that's common that you run into scenarios where beliefs clash so I think being being familiar with the language and having like a, a common vocabulary to talk about that is useful yeah um yeah I think you said that perfectly like building a vocabulary is super important like there are certain like buzzwords like support and like listen and like validate that I think are going to be very helpful for succeeding on Casper yeah, for sure. And just remember that um, the raters who scored a test are actually explicitly told to ignore grammar and spelling. So if you're trying to rush and type, don't worry about typos. Just really try and get your point across as quickly and eloquently as possible, even though um, I know that's pretty hard. Um, yeah, and, and I do want to say kind of like about the University of Washington ethics. I did look at that, um, and I think it's helpful to kind of give you a framing I don't think it's helpful to be your framing for an actual like answer. So like it's good for like a mental framework. It's not good for like an answer framework because I don't think you'll have time to explore autonomy, beneficence, non-maleficence and, and justice. And, and even like in an actual ethics scenario. So like we're studying ethics now in our humanities class, like it's mostly like an emphasis on one versus like an emphasis on all four. And I don't think you'll have time. So I think it's a good thing to like explore and like, especially if you have no bioethical framework, I think it's very important, but 
like don't feel bad if you can't cram all like four plus words uh into uh, your uh answer yeah yeah that's a good point you're gonna have to be a little bit judicious and what parts of the question that you want to address and make sure that you're addressing all three questions and i i don't know if the scoring is still like this but i remember during our um period in which we were applying if you had a really good answer to one of the questions that was well thought out and well written i think you could even still get full points um even if you didn't or, or at least the majority of the points if even if you didn't address all three yeah that is correct um yeah so i think that hits casper pretty well i would say it's like a lot lower stress than i thought it was going to be oh also they are um filming you so try not to pick your nose and stuff and um and also they are looking for cheating so please don't cheat on a low stakes casper exam yeah and it's kind of sad if you do try to cheat i don't even know how you try and cheat when you have five minutes to write three questions yeah but, i don't know yeah, just just not a good idea i think briefly um i think we fit casper pretty well but I just wanted to talk a little bit about how it is this year because it's going to be different for you guys and for subsequent cycles than it was for us. So um, this year, the exam shouldn't take you any longer than an hour and 50 minutes. It's 14 scenarios. This year, there are two sections. You have a video response section, in which just like Eleni and I are now, you're going to be on camera. They're going to present you a scenario, and you're going to actually have to say in words what you're thinking. It's not as scary as it sounds. In fact, it might take a little bit of pressure off because in general, I think people can speak faster than they can type. Um, you, you can get an optional 10 minute break if you want. And then there's a written response section in which Elaine and I described that's how it was for our cohort was we just wrote out our um, answers. Um, each scenario is still graded um, by a different rater and you're actually compared to your peers. So it's sort of like, um, they do some sort of statistic with that and you get a score from one to nine and then you don't actually get to see your raw score you get a quartile as Lenny and I um, already covered and then just last little bit on logistics um, this year I think it's more expensive it's $85 and you get to send that to eight schools and then it's $15 for each subsequent school after that eighth school So yeah, I think we'll move on to preview. And this will just be super brief because Eleni and I um, both did not take this exam. This is relatively new. Um, so yeah, I'll let Eleni start us off about that real quick. I mean, this is your research. So Noah was covering me while we had a really rough uh, musculoskeletal block. Uh, so I don't know how much I should speak on this. Uh, so it's only an hour. 15 minutes and it is 30 scenarios and you're asked to written the rate the quality of response to a scenario on a scale from one to four so basically unlike casper um it's a multiple choice exam um so you're not asked to actually provide um reasoning for why you choose an answer um I think they found a way to standardize ethics somehow. So you provide a score from one to four. There's, um, and you have to provide 186 of those responses, sort of just like Casper. Um, this time you do get a score though, but it's similarly scored one to nine and you get a percentile. Um, it's a $100 exam fee. 
and you get unlimited score distribution. So that's all we have for you about the preview exam. Um, I would say probably even lower stakes um, than, than Casper. Not a lot of schools are taking it yet. But um, I think the last little bit that we wanted to cover for you guys is how important is it that I take one of these exams? Do a lot of the schools I'm applying um, take Casper preview? Um, and the answer is obviously going to depend on your school list. Um, but for Casper, um, I just researched this today. So this should just be the most accurate information for you guys. Um, so 44 MD schools take Casper um, and 10 DO schools. And then preview, since it's by the AMC, it's only allopathic schools. So only eight schools require it for that. So just if you want to shape your school list based on if you want to take the Casper exam, then you can do that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I actually had never heard of preview um, before this. And I'm looking actually at the list right now. And I don't think I, I think I applied to SLU, St. Louis University, but everything else like Mercer, UC Davis, UCLA, University of Hawaii, uh, UMass and University of Utah. And then Universidad Central de Caribe School of Medicine. Sorry, I probably um, mispronounced that. I apologize. Um, but so those are the schools that require a preview. And there's a few that recommend it, uh, but don't require it. Um, and so you can uh, take a look at that time uh, whenever you're applying. I will say, um, don't be too down if you get like a bad like Casper score. Like I have friends, like I think Penn State's one of the ones that requires Casper, and like I know several people in my class who have uh, like a first quartile Casper score. I'm uh, to be honest, I am not too sure why they require it because it doesn't really seem to like have any bearing. Like I know VCU required like Casper, and you interviewed a VCU, and I didn't, so I I don't think it had like a lot of bearing on your application. So don't be too down on yourself. Like obviously, like do your best, like you know try like take it seriously, but you know, don't beat yourself up. Like it's not the end of the world and it's certainly not the end of your cycle if you don't do well on Casper preview. No, yeah, just like Eleni said, um, much, much, much lower stakes than the MCAT. Please do not freak out over these two exams. It'll really be okay. And I think, although I did say it in the beginning of the podcast, I think schools are starting to shape up what they think of it, but it's still pretty early. Um, so I'm not even sure um, if they're sure what it's going to look like going forward. I think collecting a lot of data and seeing if it does predict med school performance or patient interaction scores on OSCEs and such. So that's to be determined. So just yeah. do your best um, and we'll see how it pans out in the future. Yeah. So I think that's the end of our pretty short episode. Um Unless, Noah, you have anything else to add, but I think we covered it pretty well. No, yeah, I think we um, covered it pretty well. Just remember, put on your critical thinking cap. Don't say anything too rash, and you'll do fine on both of these exams. Don't jump to conclusions. That's, that's I think, the, the best advice that I could give. Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, thank you for listening to the Doctoring Duo podcast. Um, you can find us on uh youtube spotify and anywhere where you stream your podcasts uh please hit that like and subscribe button if this is helpful for you uh or follow on spotify wherever you're listening and uh we look forward to seeing you in the next episode yep see you guys